Mum, I've got to go. A customer's just walked in. Speak later. Love you. The lovely Chloe, thought Helen, wasting her first-class Cambridge degree in classics by working in a charity shop in Bristol. Her social conscience and a passion to save the world from environmental collapse meant that she recycled everything, even earbuds if she could. Perhaps she did. Chloe was only twenty-two, but seemed so old for her years, a single-minded, single woman. By the time Helen was Chloe's age, she'd been married a year and had just become a mum to Sean. Chloe came along three years later. And now they were all grown up. Sean was something big in advertising, and despite the economic mess, he could apparently afford a Porsche Boxster. Should she worry about her children a bit more, she wondered? No, she said out loud. They can worry about me for a change. Helen climbed out of bed and was thrilled once again by the cream, deep-pile carpets that her feet sank into. As her mother used to say, it's never your extravagances you regret, only your economies. Had it been an extravagance to give up her metronome life in West London? She'd amazed herself with the speed and ease of her leap from Chiswick woman to Cornish countrywoman. One minute she was ironing grey shirts and playing the apparently contented wife, The next, her marriage had finished. It was almost like a film. They met, they married, they had a family, they had problems. He apologised, she endured, they became friends, they separated. Credits roll, the end, go home. But home was no longer the London house where she'd raised a family, but a wonky-walled cottage called Gull's Cry in the village of Pendragon. How Grey would hate it. The house was not built for anyone over five foot six. He would need to wear a crash helmet to avoid serious head injury. A towering six-foot-three with a large leonine head and a mane of greying hair worn long and pushed back off his face, he was still a very handsome man. With his bright blue eyes and a permanent tan, most women found him irresistible. Yet he had chosen her, reliable Helen. She thought back to the time they'd first met. It was the mid-eighties, and Helen was supplementing her meagre income from the BBC, where she was a secretary in the newsroom, by working odd nights in a wine bar in Shepherd's Bush. Grey was one of the regulars. He flirted with everybody. He drank rosé wine with ice, and was teased by his mates, but he'd just laugh and tell them that only real men drank rosé. He was a partner in an expensive car dealership, and drove a turquoise blue Rolls-Royce Corniche, nearly always with the roof down. Hearing the deep throb of the V8 engine as he pulled up outside, Helen would quickly check herself in the mirror behind the rows of bottles at the bar. One evening he came in alone, ordered a bottle and two glasses, and settled himself at the bar. He was waiting for his latest girlfriend to arrive, but she never did. He drained the first bottle, ordered another, and turned his seductive blue eyes on Helen instead. He waited for her to finish work, took her out for a curry, and then took her to his bed. Helen had fallen completely, totally in love. Sure, she'd had a couple of boyfriends before, but no one had ever made her feel so sexy and protected. Gray, who hated his real name, Graham, liked her lack of sophistication and her dogged adoration. Two months after their first night, Helen had missed a period. She told Grey, who immediately went AWOL, leaving Helen to a fortnight of blind panic. Should she tell her widowed dad? Terrified it would kill him, she kept it all to herself for two weeks, until one evening a hungover Grey arrived on her doorstep with a bunch of tulips, a paste diamond ring from Shepherd's Bush Market, and a proposal of marriage.
they were married within the month, and her father had the good grace to say nothing when Sean arrived, weighing eight and a half pounds. Even he knew that that was a good size for a premature baby. Helen loved being a mum and a wife. She was a good homemaker, and didn't mind Gray's lack of support with nappies or ironing. The car dealership seemed to take up all his daylight hours, but she understood. When Chloe arrived, they moved from Gray's flat to a four-storey Edwardian townhouse just off the Chiswick High Road. It had a good-sized garden which she filled with spring bulbs and summer flowers. Then, one weekend, they'd thrown a garden party for his workmates. Her friend, Penny, whom she met at the BBC, came to help. It was a really warm day, and she'd put the children downstairs in the cool to have a little nap, taking the baby alarm with her. After an hour's silence, she thought they were sleeping well.